Welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast, where our mission is to help everyone recognize and experience the presence of God. Hey everyone, welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast. My name is Kristen Russell, and today we are in the midst of November, and this is the month that we celebrate the saints and all of the people who have gone before us. Um, In the last episode, actually the last two episodes, um, we talked about how the saints and other holy men and women have really walked the path before us, and they inspire us to become the person God wants us to be, even if that means taking risk. And we heard it with the four Teresas, and especially with Teresa of Avila, what God calls us to be isn't always what we think we're going to be doing or who we're going to be. And today I've got a very special guest um, with me. And if you have middle school kids, you know her as Mrs. Selnow. But we have Christine Selnow with us, and she's going to share a little bit about her story. But just a little bit of background on Christine is that um, we work together in youth ministry, but we actually go way back further than just working in youth ministry here at Blessed Sacrament. We actually went through youth ministry together in high school. Um, And so it's been awesome to kind of walk with you not only through high school, but now as adults to see how faith also is evolving and um, how we evolve as people, you know, walking in faith. And so, you know, Christine, how many years have you been youth minister with us? This is my fourth year. Fourth year. Um, and she's a new mom. I know Nora is one now. She just turned one a couple months ago. And um, yeah, so Christine, welcome. Thank you for being here and, you know, sharing your story with us. So a little bit of uh, more background, I suppose, is that one of the things you did, and the reason I said taking risk in that intro, was because you kind of took a big risk when you decided to, hey, let's go to Romania. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And let's do some mission work in Romania. So, I mean, that is a huge leap of faith. Um, How did you feel God calling out to you to say, Christine, I need you here? Yeah. So it actually began more as I well I it it began as a kind of a stepping stone in my career goals. So I um ever since high school actually I wanted to be a human rights lawyer. So um I studied political science and then I was planning on taking a gap year between my bachelor's degree and my law degree because I wanted to actually like get my hands dirty and like actually get to know these people that I would be trying to represent one day. Um, So I really wanted to do some sort of service abroad. Um, So I looked at a bunch of organizations, and the one that stood out to me, they were called Hearts Home. They've since rebranded, but um, it's a Catholic organization. They have homes all throughout the world, um, including the United States, that they send missionaries from all of these different countries to other countries in the world. But their mission is as simple as just being the presence of Jesus Mm -hmm. to people, just like literally just making friends with people and doing what you would do for a friend when you're there. So that really stood out to me more, you know, because I was imagining like going and like, I don't teaching English or something or like building schools or you know something more hands-on and those things definitely need to be done but this stood out to me because there were definitely times in my life where I was lonely and I needed a friend 
Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds awesome that like I could just go and the whole focus would be like, let's be friends Mm -hmm. with these people. So, um, yeah, so I went, there's a a home in um, New York City. That's their main home in the United States. So I went there just to check it out and totally fell in love. So I didn't like, at that point, I didn't even look at any other organization. I said, yes, I want to do this. So I applied and then a couple, and you know, they said they, yes, I was accepted into their um, missionary program. So they actually chose Romania for me. I didn't have a choice of where I, I mean, I, (laughs) I said I would like to go to like a French or a Spanish speaking country because those are the languages that I had already like studied in high school and college, but nope, I was sent to Romania, (laughs) which I was not expecting, but I like, as soon as I started like researching the country, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how it started. Um, it was still hard. Like there was a lot of personal obstacles, I would say, like before I went. And then like right after I went, my, my brother-in-law passed away. Um, I was there like, like three weeks, I think. And he passed away. Um, and that was really hard. Like I came back for the funeral, which made it so much more it made it harder to go back because I was like I need to be here with my family my sister they had just they had a four-month-old daughter at the time um so and just like the stress like I was so stressed out like doing this big thing where I didn't because I just went I went and um there's no other Americans with me I was living with um there were five of us girls at the house in Romania. One's from Argentina, one from France, one from Switzerland, and one from Poland. And they have all, like, you know, English is a required language, right. like, in school. So they knew some English, but it wasn't like, you know, we could just talk, like, about anything. So um, the stress of, like, the whole – everything that was new and just not, like, feeling kind of like I couldn't communicate with people and, like – I was still kind of lonely, and then to have my brother-in-law pass away, like, there were just really big obstacles that I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Uh, you're thinking to yourself, okay, God, what what is going yeah. on right now? I, I did this big thing, and now... Yeah. What? what? Like, yeah, yeah that's, that's very difficult. Well, I, I loved what you said. I'm going to go back a little bit. You talked about how this organization's organization, their whole goal is just to be with people. And I just think, I think that is so cool because that's exactly what Jesus did. It's very incarnational. Like that is what Jesus did. Jesus came to just be with us. And yeah, he, he taught us things along the way but his presence is it's his presence that truly showed us what god's love is like and so i love that their whole goal and your goal of being in romania was just to be with the people and through interacting with them showing god's love like that is that i think that is just the absolute most beautiful thing and then you're talking about you know the obstacles that you encountered as um, you know, leading up to, and then even in, in Romania, do you feel like that same, 
Do you feel like the people you were around, especially in Romania, when we got when you got back after your brother-in-law's funeral, do you feel them surrounding you in the same way, just being God's presence to you? Oh my gosh, that yes, that was it was very it was just beautiful like the so he passed away um it like it was in the middle of the night romanian time i don't know what time it was in the united states but we got this call at the house in the middle of the night um and one of the other girls answered the phone she said it was for me and my mom told me that he passed away and i just you know totally broke down um but they all got out of bed and they all like just sat like they didn't they didn't really say anything for a long time which was fine I mean they probably didn't know what to say um they just sat with me and then we had a we had a chapel right in our house um because we did when you're on mission um we did a lot of praying obviously so um and we had a chapel right in our house so um finally after a long time one of the girls said do you want to go to the chapel to pray and I said yes and we, they stayed, we must have been in there an hour at least. And they stayed up. I mean, it's the middle of the night. They right. just stayed up with me. We were just sitting in the chapel. I was just bawling my head off. They were probably praying for me and for everybody. Um, but, but yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. And that's how they, they walked with me through the whole thing. And most of it, like, I just remember those times where they, and like, you know, some friends from the community, I didn't, I personally didn't know a lot of people very well at that point, but there were already some friends of ours who like knew me well enough that they were like, Oh my gosh, I, I want to be with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, the most powerful, like most memorable times of that whole situation, they were just sitting with me Mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of them, they, I mean, they didn't speak English extremely well. So it might have might have been a lot of just communication barrier, but it didn't really matter to me because, I mean, what words aren't really going to make the difference. It's the presence um, of people who just are just loving on you. Um, so yeah, those were those were definitely memorable times. They just sat with me while I cried. <laughs> And sometimes that's all you need is just someone's presence to be with you. Mm -hmm. And what a great reminder of how God is present with us, even when, especially in those hard times, you know, God is always sitting just with us. Mm -hmm. And, And that's a great reminder. You know, you were, they were, as they were present to you, you were present to the people of Romania. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Like, can you take us through like, a, a day today, like what would a day in Romania look like or a week yeah. in Romania? Mm-hmm. Um, and just to, how long were you actually there? I was there for 14 months. 14 months. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like a quick blip. It was, it was a stay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. What would a, you know, a day or a week or a month even look like, you know, while you were there? Yeah. So on day to day, this, um, when you go on mission with Hearts Home, they really emphasize prayer time and which is great because, um, seeing the, how, like the suffering of the people, like you just, I mean, you just need that time to pray. Um, but we, we did, they, um, we would get up. I don't remember what time exactly we got up, but we got up and ha- first thing we did was morning prayer, then breakfast. Then we would just, the house would just kind of be open for neighborhood kids. If they wanted to just come and hang out with us, we'd clean the house and do chores and whatnot. Um, 
we actually did an hour of adoration every day. Um, and then we'd have lunch. And then after lunch is when we would go out to our apostolates. So um, we had like five or six, you know, apostolates, like places that we would visit in the city. Uh, I was living in Deva, Romania. Um, so which most of most of our apostolates were um, communities of Tsigan or like Gypsy, the Roma people, because um, those are those are the poorest um people in romania and so a lot of our time was spent um with them that's where there's a, i mean there's everybody suffers in different ways but there's a lot of suffering um in those communities so there's different there are different like slums i guess around the city that we would visit and um so a lot of the time our visits were just like playing with kids, which was awesome. I learned my Romanian from children, so it's probably not, you know, <laughs> grammatically correct. Like, you know, when we go to a big city, you know, people would kind of look at us like, why, why are you talking like that? And I was like, well, you know, I learned from, so. yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, lots of playing with kids. We'd help, you know, moms with their chores and, you know, we'd carry water, you know, they usually just had like one little, like a well maybe, or one central place where they'd get their water. Um, no running water in their homes. Well, most of their homes. Um, so things like that. We, there's also an orphanage there. Um, and it's called an orphanage, but most of the kids there are not actually orphans. It's, um, children who their parents just can't take care of them. They're too poor. Um, so they send them, it's a Catholic, uh, orphanage um so we'd spend time with the kids over there um in the evenings like after we'd visit these different slums we'd um we'd try to stop and visit some you know older people we lived in a neighborhood of mostly like elderly people so on our way home we'd just stop at one or two and just kind of visit with them um we'd go to mass every day and then we'd finish the night with dinner and evening prayer. <laughs> so full day. Um, and we did, we'd take one day of rest. It was usually Tuesday um, a week, but it was, it was just for resting. I actually didn't have, um, we had internet, so I could like Skype with my family occasionally, but that was only like twice a month or so. Um, so our days of rest really were like, we were literally resting, like sleeping, reading a book, like just going outside and just relaxing. Um, so that's, yeah, typical day. And then that, I mean, that's what we did every week. And we had that one day of rest each week too. So looking back, what is your greatest memory or, you know, what has really stuck with you um, since coming back to the United States from Romania? Yeah, so um, the biggest thing, I mean, and it's definitely something I recognized when I was there, um, was just the joy mm -hmm. that the people had. They're very, very faithful people as a whole, um, and they they were, there's horrible, horrible suffering, um, but they still had this joy, and so it was, it was always very striking to me that it like their circumstances you know that's not what was making them happy obviously um they had they didn't have 
um, good circumstances, but they did, they still had joy and they, I mean, they were always smiling and joking around with us and it's, um, so when I, but it, it was even more striking when I came back because I did not realize, I think I had more culture shock when I came back to the U S than when I, when I first came, went to Romania because I think when I was there, I like kind of romanticized like my, you know, my vision of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came back, I was like, oh my gosh, like what? I mean, it just really struck me like people here in comparison and a gen- I'm really generalizing here. Um, but it just seemed like people here are not like they don't have that joy, um, that deep joy. Um, and people are really like unhappy like we have a lot I mean it's it's pretty known like we have uh, anxiety and depression um and very high rates here um not that that's not high in other places but um it just it was very striking to me that well in the United States we have like we have everything at our fingertips really um in we don't struggle with a lot of the things that um, these people in Romania struggle with, um, like severe poverty and like the Tsigan, the Roma people in Romania face extreme harsh like discrimination. And I mean, it's really, really bad. Um, and we don't deal with the same sort of things here. Like we have all these comforts, I guess. Um, material wealth, but it's not making us happy. So that was like a huge, like, I, like I said, I saw it when I was in Romania, but when I came back, it was like, whoa, (laughs) this is, yeah. Um, and that's, that's actually what kind of made me switch like on my path into ministry instead, because I, spoiler alert, I never got my law degree. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that's kind of what made the switch because I just felt like, change. you know, I could see, you know, here we have all these laws that do protect our human rights. And not. I'm not saying we don't deal with discrimination and that sort of thing. Um, it doesn't always work out that we're protected in every way. But, you know, when we're comparing them, um, you know, we have the laws that protect us, but in in an individual's life what's going to make the difference is um it, you know it's you have changing hearts is what's going to make the difference not necessarily changing laws changing laws still needs to happen obviously right 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 um but in in an individual's life what's going to make the biggest difference to them is you know speaking to their heart and you know the presence being with them the friendship um that's going to make a lot more difference than, uh, than changing the laws. So, yeah. So this is a totally off script question. Um, I warned, I warned Christine that I might do this, but you, you brought it up. So I'm, I'm going to yeah. ask it. how, how did your experience of being in Romania, how does that influence the way that you do ministry or the way that the our middle school youth ministry program works here at Blessed Sacrament? I guess the biggest thing, it's it's always a reminder to me, like when I think back about that time, I just try instead of because it, it is very easy in ministry and I um 
and maybe it's part of my personality too, is to get bogged down with like the details of everything and just, you know, looking at the numbers and you want, you want to have a big group and you want, um, you know, you want to hit certain points like in the lesson and, you know, you want, there's like certain goals that you have, I guess, um, in ministry, but at the end of the day, again, what's going to make a difference in a kid's life is that, you know, you listen to them if, you know, if they're struggling with something or if they're not struggling with something that you're just there and like, you're just a loving presence in their life. Um, I don't always hit that mark, I guess. I, I do get bogged down in the details, but I always do try to remind myself, like, what's most important is that I just love them, like, at at the most foundational level. And because Christine's not going to do this, I'm going to do it. Our middle school youth ministry program is amazing. So if you know of a middle schooler who is not in youth ministry on Sunday nights, or even she's got a Friday afternoon group that does awesome service work, check it out. They just did a Halloween party because social is just as important as spiritual in youth ministry. Um, because we learn to be in community with one another through those, not only through our prayer experiences, but also having fun. But they just did an amazing Halloween party where there was a maze and what was it called the maze of mystery the maze of mystery (laughs) and you would walk down one hallway and you would see a bunch of mummies i mean it was awesome so kudos to christine if you guys see christine around the parish make sure you tell her she did an amazing job along with mrs russell out at assumption um so yeah it is our the youth ministry program is awesome and you can definitely see you know being present to these kids because that's what we all need like we all want to be seen right we all want to feel like we are being heard and that in someone else's eyes we are worthy and obviously in god's eyes we're all worthy but to have a human person again it goes right back to the incarnation to have a person who says i see you i love you you are awesome i'm glad you're here that's what youth ministry is all about. I mean, it's all about the kids knowing that there are other adults in their lives who are happy that they are here and and build them up because the old saying is it takes a village and the parish community is part of that village. Um, so going back to, you know, Romania, you said little kids taught you how to speak yeah. Romanian. Um <laughs> Can you say, can you still, well, you said, can you still speak it? Yes. Um, I was very relieved, I guess, because I spoke, I spoke with a friend who is still in Romania. She's still um, on mission in Romania. Um, but it was like right before the pandemic and I was nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to even remember like how to speak? But we did have a conversation in Romanian. I was very happy. It doesn't, it doesn't come as easy as it used to, I still, like, there are certain words I forget or, like, I have to really think, like, oh, wait, what was the word for that again? Um, but, yeah, so I can, um, yeah, not as easily, but it's still there. I'm trying to keep it alive. If anyone out there knows Romanian, come talk to me. <laughs> I used to do the Father Alberto. I, I 
spoke I spoke Spanish. I'm not gonna say I still yeah. speak Spanish because I don't really anymore. But Father Alberto and I would always talk. He would speak in English and I would speak in Spanish, and it was great. We, we, we would yes. we would work together. <laughs> um, but is there anything that you can still say in Romanian for us? Yeah, I thought I'd say just the glory be because everybody, you know, I mean, well, most people know the glory be. So, and I just love how it sounds in Romanian. So, yeah. So here we go. Slava tatălui și fiului și sfântului du, precum era la început și acum și părurea și în veci vecilor. Amin. Amen. <laughs> I love that. Okay, is Romanian a romance language? It is. Okay, so it's in the same yeah. vein as Spanish, French, yes. Italian. Yes. Okay. So actually, it, you know, I was a little disappointed to not be like in a Spanish or French speaking mm-hmm. country to get fluent in those languages, but those knowing those languages helped okay. learn Romanian. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for praying with us. Um, and since it is November, I thought uh, we could talk a little bit about, you know, just the saints that have inspired you on, on your journey. Um, because, yeah, I, I love that. I just love the image of the saints have gone before us and kind of smoothed yeah. out the path for us. Um, and I think too, and ha- the the saints, why we have saints is because they stand as examples of, hey, these folks, you know, really tried to become the person that God wanted them to be. Look at where they came from. Look at where they ended up. There's hope for us. <laughs> um, there, there is hope for us as well. So who, I mean, can you name Tell us about a few saints who are important in your life. Yeah. So I'll mention three. And I know the first one, I know you guys have talked about St. Teresa of Avila. So we don't have to go like super in depth here. But um, I have always been inspired by, you know, her quote, I guess. um, Christ has no body now but yours. Like the the whole thing. And that was like a big, I thought I'd mention it because that was a big um, thing when I was discerning. Um, going on mission like it it has always like really stuck out to me and it's always inspired me like yes I mean Jesus in the flesh isn't here anymore like we need to be that presence to people um so that was a that's a kind of a big um yeah reminder I guess in my life um but I was I'm gonna mention two other ones who have always um, kind of inspired me too. So, um, St. Maria Goretti has also been, um, I've just always loved her ever since I was little. Um, I went to a Catholic elementary school and we always dressed up for All Saints Day. And I always went as St. Maria Goretti because I just loved her so much. Um, and if you don't know her story, she, when she was 11, um, there was a young man who made sexual advances on her and she refused him. Um, so he got really mad and he ended up stabbing her 14 times and, um, she ended up dying. But when she was in the hospital, I believe she forgave him, Um, like knowing that she was going to die. She forgave him for that and, you know, for murdering her. Um, and that, so that has just always like inspired me and just like, because I couldn't even imagine. I mean, a girl of 11 years old having that sort of love, um, you know, and I mean, she's, she's gonna die like she's, but she can look, I mean, I don't know if she looked him in the face or not, but, um, she forgave that man 
you know, for doing, I mean, you can't do anything worse to a person. Um, and at 11 years old, she forgave him. And I think it's, it's beautiful because that man ended up repenting. Um, and he, I believe he was at her canonization. Um, so that's just, I, yeah, I've always been just inspired by like the love that she must have like lived with Mm -hmm. at 11 years old, like, and I'm, you know, 30 years old, like, you know, and I'm still working on it, but um, the other one, in kind of along the same vein, I've always loved um, St. Maximilian Colby. Um, another one who, uh, if you don't know his story, he um, was in Auschwitz um, during World War II. There was, a, like, the um, Germans, the Nazis, had just chosen, like, 10 people to die, you know, for something that happened. But they chose 10 people at random to die for, um, you know, kind of as an example to people of what you do when you break the rules. Um, but St. Maximilian Colby knew that one of those 10 had a family. So he said, can I die in this person's place? Um, and they said, yes, sure. Um, so the, the nine other ones, they were sentenced to starve to death. The nine other ones starved to death. St. Maximilian Colby was the last one. They ended up, I think they injected him with something to kill him. But um, so like he's dying, like he, he died for a stranger. Like again, the, the love that these saints must have lived with, like it's just so inspiring. Mm -hmm. Um, to to give up your life for a stranger and that that's another one that man that he um you know sacrificed himself for ended up surviving auschwitz and he lived to like 93 i think um like it's i don't know we've just we've got a lot of really (laughs) cool um saints who just lived with just incredible amounts of love i can't i just can't even imagine doing that Um, you know, maybe like I could probably, I could imagine dying maybe for like someone that I really, really love, (laughs) but like for a A stranger, stranger, yeah, makes you're like, okay. Yeah. And it also kind of goes against, I mean, human nature is selfish. Exactly. Exactly. So like, and we've got that going all the way back to high school psychology, like that fight or flight mentality, um, putting yourself in the in harm's way is not that there's not a third option to fight flight or sacrifice Mm -hmm. um but it it really is it's a trope within the lives of the saints you know just how they 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 do they love and they love through their deeds and their actions and their words and it's just such a blessing especially during this month of november when we remember, you know, the saints and all the souls who have gone before us, just the examples um, that they have, you know, that they've been for us. And and not just the saints, you know, that the church recognizes as saints, but, you know, the saints in our own lives, those people who have, you know, our loved ones who have passed away have been examples of what God's love is as well. And so I, I love 
Mother Teresa is, you know, I can do no great things, but I can do small things with great love. Um, it, it really is, it's a lifestyle, yeah. you know, and that, and I think that's what Therese of Lisieux was trying to say. You know, it's, it's not just something that we do. It's not a one and done. It's a lifestyle. And I think the same can be said for our own, you know, our faith journeys, our own faith formation. It's, it's not a one and done. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's something that continues on. It doesn't matter how many years you went through elementary, Catholic elementary school, or, you know, you went to Catholic college because you went to Notre Dame, you know, and all of these things. It's not about, you know, you check off the boxes. It's about really embracing it and knowing that the gift of God is a gift that we get to open every day is Christmas. You know, if we, if we think about it in that way, every day can be Christmas and every day we're unwrapping the gift that is God. And I think the more, you know, we, we go through faith formation and we attend mass and all of these things that, you know, are available to us, the more we discover a God's love and B the person God wants us to be and see how we are to show God's love to others. So I, I mean, the saints that you've mentioned, but even just your time in Romania as well, it's a, it's concrete example of what that looks like. Um, so, so yeah, thank you for, for sharing all of that. Um, is there anything else that maybe you want to share that we didn't get a chance to touch on through the conversation? Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll just share quickly like my, cause this, when I was over there, I had like the biggest God sighting of my life. So we love God sightings. Yes. Um, so I'll just share about that because I think it, you know, sometimes like if we read these stories or see examples of people doing awesome things, you're like, oh, that's great. But like, I have all these obstacles and like, I don't know, um, like, is God speaking to me? Like, you know, you struggle with those um, questions. Um, <clears throat> so I'll just, you know, because I mentioned that my brother-in-law passed away. So, like, that first part of my mission was um, really difficult. Um, just a lot of personal, like, struggles and, you know, stress because of all those situations. Um, so I, there was a point, like, after I had come back, after Danny's funeral, when I was like, I really thought that I was going to go home. Like I, I was so stressed out. I was having a lot of like health, like symptoms because of my stress, like manifestations, um, that were like, I was just so stressed out. Um, and I just thought like, I can't do this. Like, this is so hard. Um, so I was, I mean, I went to the chapel and I was praying. I mean, I was just crying basically and just, I, I just literally told God, like, I, I have, I can't, I can't continue. This is too hard. Um, so if you want me to stay here, like you're literally just going to have to carry me through it because I like don't have any more to give. Like I'm just spent. Um, so I ended up that day. So I literally left the chapel and I had to go pick up a package from the post office. I, my first package from my family, um, exciting, but I did not know what I was doing. And because I didn't speak Romanian, like it was just a difficult process. Um, so that was just stressful in and of itself. But 
the stress must have like really been on my face and because I was crying like my eyes were probably all puffy and I probably just looked like a mess I don't know um but this guy behind me at the post office was like I mean he was he said it in Romanian so I didn't understand him at first I was like I'm sorry I I don't speak Romanian um he's like oh I was just asking if you were okay you look like you know you look like you're you know something's wrong so I just like completely like, you know, I just started crying right there in the post office. I'm telling this guy everything and he spoke perfect English. So I was like, oh, this is great. Um, and he was there with a woman who actually she turned out she was an American. Um, so it was like my first like fluent English speakers um, when I was there and I was just like pouring out my heart. to the- I was telling them <laughs> everything in my whole life. Um but it was just awesome because, like, in that conversation, they were missionaries. They're in the – I don't remember what church, but they're Protestant missionaries in Romania. And so they were, like, you know, totally taking me under their wing. There was an issue with the package that I was picking up because um, it was over, like, a certain dollar limit. So, like, I had to pay tax on it, but I only had a visitor visa there. So, like mm-hmm. – I didn't have an ID to pay the tax. So they were like, we don't know what to do with you. So like, they just kind of like, you just wait over here while we do everything else. I was there for a long time. Um, But this couple just like sat with me the whole time. And they were like, oh my gosh, they were just speaking just love. Like they were, they were just loving me. Like they were, they were the presence of Christ to me that day. Um, and the, so they ended up calling me back to meet with this customs officer cause they didn't know what to do with me. And the guy was like, we're friends. Like, can I come with her? <laughs> cause he was like, I need to translate right. for her. He ended up having to write a letter out basically saying the stuff that in the package wasn't worth what my family wrote on the custom sheet. <laughs> He's like, can I write it for her? And they were, cause it had to be in Romanian. Right. And they were like, sure, but, you know, they were telling me, like, you have to make sure your signature, like, matches his handwriting so that it doesn't look like you didn't write the letter. It was so crazy. Um, But, like, in that moment, like, even just that time at the post office, I was, like, just so, like, I was just filled with joy again because I was, like, this was God, like, there was no question in my mind that that was God, um, like coming to me, you know, in the form of these two angels, like, you know, encouraging me and saying, I see you and I love you and we're going to do this together. Like, you know, so just that moment, like it kind of like, that was the turning point for me. It was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm so I, I'm obviously I stayed. Um, and it, it was so like things didn't become easy, but it was like, wow. Like just, just know it, like having that deep feeling, like God is with me in this. Like I didn't leave him back in the United States. Like he's here with me. Um, so I just, I thought I'd mention that because I know in, and even today, like I still get that way sometimes and feel like, okay, where am I supposed to go? Like, and I don't feel like God is talking to me. Um, so I don't, I would just encourage people, like if you're ever in a season like that, 
to just keep praying and to keep looking for him. I, I obviously, like I was completely consumed in my own thoughts. I was not expecting God to answer my prayer like that. And, and he's not always going to answer prayer like that. But um, like if you're if you're looking for him and open to him answering your prayer, like I think he's going to always be there and yeah, be there for you. So absolutely. And it's not, God works in subtle ways and also God cuffs us upside the head in in some circumstances. I just think it's awesome. And and you sharing your God sighting, you literally asked, told God that you didn't ask God, you told God, like, you're going to have to do this. Yeah, Like, this is what you're going to have to do. And look, God said, okay, here are these two angels that I'm sending you who are literally going to help you through this. Like literally the next thing. Literal next thing that you're doing. Um, So I I think I love God's sightings like that because it's a reminder to always keep your eyes peeled. That's, Um, yeah. And because God is working like that all the time. And I, I need that reminder a lot of times too. Because again, I think sometimes I get so consumed with what's going on in my life that I forget to look around me and the people God has brought into my life, even if it's for a, a second, you know, if it's, you know, to help in in some circumstance, but also sometimes I'm that person for other people. And I think that, you know, the more that we again, the more it goes back to discovering who God wants us to be. The more we become that person, the more we share God's love and share God's presence, be God's presence to the world. And I think we can all agree the world needs a little bit more of that. Um, the world has always needed a little bit right. more of that. Um, it just, But we can say definitely today the world needs that as well. Yeah. So, Christine, thank you so much for sharing your story. And... Um, if you have more questions for Christine, I mean, she <laughs> works here at our parish, so I'm sure she would love to answer your questions and continue to talk a little bit more about, you know, her experience in Romania and mission and youth ministry and all of the great things um, that we as Catholics, we as Christians do in the world and how God calls us to that. So, Christine, thank you. And thank you, everyone who joined us today for tuning in. Um, Next time, we have another special guest. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the holidays because we've got a few coming up. Um, But also how we care for our mental health during the holidays, especially when it can be a little stressful. So, again, Christine, thank you. Thank you. And uh, everyone, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.